getting money, right? So how you ain't been recording the meeting the whole time? I've been recording. But it's what matter at the end of the day, right? Because really and truly, if somebody tells you you were the best and you didn't get compensated like it, are you going to be happy? No. Okay. No. Now, if somebody. I'm not going to be happy. So, if somebody tell you you were a little bit overrated, but you got paid like you was the top dog, are you going to be yeah. happy? I'm supposed to get paid. No, 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 no. Are you going to be happy? So, if I'm the. If I'm no, no, I'm not happy. I'm still not happy. I'm still not happy. No, I'm not happy. I wouldn't say happy. Overrated and they paid you like. If I'm, if I'm like overrated, if I'm overrated, right? And I'm, mm -hmm. and I'm and I do my job. I'm gonna go show you the next time I do my job. What you said? I'd rather be I'd rather be underrated and overpaid. Okay. Then overpaid and underrated. Yes, like no. I mean, I'm gonna tell y'all the truth. Everything is so subjective and objective or whatever word I need to use on that one. Subjective, yeah. Your opinion is your opinion at the end of the day, right? And if you look back and say, "Man, why does dude get this contract? I don't think he's that good. Why did Why did Daniel Jones get paid this much money? He's not that good." We can all as football players say, "Dude, he's not that good." Football players, pros are saying that he's not that good. If I'm Daniel Jones, I'm looking at my bank account and say, "So <laughs> it is what it is." Right. But, but most times people be hating though anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a lot of that too. Like sometimes people don't understand all the things that go into somebody getting paid what they get paid or the rankings of any rankings list is always going to be some type of bias inside of it anyway. So you being the, the creator, the producer, whoever you are, you should be driven on being your best version of you that you can create so that you can keep doing and getting what you've been getting. I feel like once I start looking at how much they paying me, how much they talking about me, then at that point, then now I'm focusing on things that I can't control. I really can't control it because if, if if all of a sudden, like we were talking about the running back conversation, running backs are not as valuable as they once were if they ever have been that valuable, you know what I'm saying, in the eyes of NFL owners and people that spend the money on running backs. Maybe one day we wake up and they are again. They, the running backs can't control that. They can control the position they play. At a, at a younger age, but when they go to the league, you just a running back. You you feel what happens? What happens? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying. Like, I think that our focus should be on our creation of our best versions of whatever it is that we're doing out here. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's literally all you can control. Like, at, at, at the essence of it. I that's mean, why one of the things is a, a good example of it though, because Pete, it was what two running backs went in the first round this year. Yes. Yep. Jameer Gibbs, I think he's a good running back. I don't think anybody necessarily considered him a first-round talent at running back. Right. But he got paid like one. Got paid. Got his paper. What matters? I don't really care what the talking heads on TV say. Yeah. I don't care what the fans say. I got paid as a first-round running back. I'm good. All right? Now, right. is that stop working to be better i don't that's not what it should be i think but that's for a lot of people it is though people. for a lot of people it that's is what happens to people yeah, yeah yeah and at the end of the day 
I can't tell you, I don't think it's a good thing, but I can't tell you that I fought people for doing that either. Because if you got paid over your worth, okay, like now I'm good. I think that's really what happens. So but still, but if I'm worth my first contract $25 million, if I'm good enough to make a hundred million dollars, why not make a hundred million? I mean, like I get $25 million, it's awesome. But your brain should say, Oh, that's just my first contract. You don't I'll, do that though if you feel like you you hit. If you feel like you hit like you gambling and you really don't think you're that good anyway, then you're gonna be like, Whoo, got my bread. But it's playing football. You shouldn't be playing football. You shouldn't be playing any sport. And that's the difference in mindsets. That's why when Demarcus talk about something like how that turns into people selling their soul, it's really about the cash grab for people a lot of times. Because we know at the end of the day, 99% of the things we do is financially driven, right? So if you hit that number that you're looking for or you hit a number that's going to change your life or your family life or whatever it is, I think that naturally changes your outlook on different things, right? I've been saying for a long time, the NFL is not about being good. It's not about being great. It's about being healthy. End of the day, right? It's really how long can I be around? I just want to be in the mix to keep getting contracts. Even though I might not get the the 10-year, $100 million deal, if I get five to seven, eight years of different contracts, I'm good. That's 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 among that's amongst the best players, quote unquote, in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't got to give me the gold jacket, bro. Just keep six catching. But, but just know, just know every time, every year you still in the league, there's rookies coming in that's that's should be better than the same types of players we saw before. So you know I'm saying I just feel like that to me, that's the part where you know I look at these people and these workforces and these kids that just like so. I, I call it soft. Like, I, I'd say watching high school football at times, is dis- it disgusts me, bro. It disgusts me to watch certain teams play because I can see these players that get these three stars, four stars that's out there walking on the field, bro. It's like they mm-hmm. – like, you, you a receiver walking on the backside of the play. You a linebacker and you, and you get shook and then you get up and then you walk back to the – it's like, bro, like, like where is the sense of urgency? Where is the coaches ripping these kids? Like, where – where is that? Where'd that go? Like, what what happened to that? Like, what is where did the hard like love starts? Love, the parents, gentle parents. parents started shielding them from gentle all of parents. Gentle parents, huh? Don't yell at my kid. Don't tell my kid to shut up. Don't grab my kid by his helmet. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm suing the whole school when we used to get punched and everything. Not punched that's the, in the help. Not punched in the you know in the help. That's the whole environment. That's the whole. That's the society as a whole. Because society has chastised the parents where, you know, uh, a kid not knowing will will, will test that theory now. They'll really call CPS. They'll tell their counselor at school on the parent, (laughs) you know. So now now it's not the kid living in fear or respect. It's the parent living in fear or respect. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is a thin line to walk nowadays in that realm sometimes. I'm in a mixed uh, school system where we all 
even though we weren't segregated, we still kind of came up segregated. You was in a black school, you were in a white school, you were Hispanic school. Now I'm in a mixed school. And I, I see my kids interact with people of different backgrounds than I grew up with to where they may say, they may tell my kids, oh, that's wrong. Well, parents can't do that. You know you can do this. You know you can call this person. You know you can tell this. And we're getting to a point to where, you know, with social media, information, people being soft. I mean, all this put together is becoming a detriment of our society because <laughs> kids got too much information and they don't know how to use it, so they abuse it. Even even in the football, even in sports, we were just talking about, huh? No, I I want to ask the markers that because I like what you said. Where where do you think soft people got that kind of power from, the markers? It it started integrating, I believe, kind of around uh, my age range, where like like we were talking about earlier, the participation trophy. And people not want to see their kids cry or their kids not playing or, you know, stop whooping your kids, uh, stop being so hard on them, letting them uh, express themselves, which I'm not taking away from that. Yes, they should express themselves. Mental health is real. But the 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 value, the what's the, the teeter tot has started to shift more with the weight is more towards the kids and they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to prosper with it. Right. They they literally not not uh figuratively. Yeah, right. not figuratively, but not not in a malicious way. They're just doing it because they're selfish. You know, they don't know how to handle it. So they get this information, they get all this stuff, and it's like, oh, well, I could just do this. Y'all got kids, they got kids, and and I've watched my sister's class sometimes. They got kids go to class. You know, with vape pens, they got earphones in their ear, they got hoodies on, they not they don't have no respect for the teacher, they don't have no respect for their parents, they just walk that thin line. Children are naturally ego ego driven. Like they, they, until they turn 12 years old, they cannot see the world outside of themselves. Like they really struggle. And some of them until even like 16, 17, mm-hmm. struggle seeing the world outside of themselves. Everything's me, me, me. And even some adults deal with that, but uh, it's really primitive when you're looking at kids. And when a kid is like that, I really need you to take me out of myself and humble me. And that's a parent's job. But when, like y'all saying, when the parents tiptoeing on creating those values within the person, then now no one does it. No one can do it. Everybody's scared to get in trouble. Everybody's scared to be too hard. And also, I believe, just like the baby boomer age, I believe around the was I born in the 80s so around the 90s early 2000s I believe we started having that demographic to where we had younger parents and then the isolation of single mothers and mothers coddling I just got to tell like it is mothers coddling their kids and not having the other half there to be the enforcer or to be that leader uh, has also added to it on that side. It's ignorance. It's I uh, I don't know what to do. I'm listening to this, or I don't want to lose my son here. I don't want to lose my daughter here. So you try to play the role of friend, and then you play too much of friend, and you lose that respect. And and I think this is a, a awesome time to kind of bring in the point. You know, we was talking about earlier when it comes to the schizophrenia. Um, are you hearing voices that are? 
you know, something that's tied to a mental illness or are you hearing that voice of reason, the intuition? Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, because in, in regards to like, okay, trauma, they like the insecurities that come from parenting your child in a way that may be detrimental and making a soft child. I feel like when you go through a certain type of trauma where you weren't raised at all, right? Or your parents were just totally disengaged or maybe they're just very abusive, whatever, that creates maybe some of this parenting we're talking about as well. And it really takes the, the point of us as adults to like come at home and, and do some, you know, techniques to bring yourself grounded, like to get back on the ground. I'm not in that situation anymore. I'm not reliving my childhood. This is a new child. This is a new person. Like, I cannot put my views on this person. This person is not me. This is my child, but I'm, I have to give them the best version of me. And how do y'all, you know, go about that in your own lives? We are, uh, except for Jarrell, our parent, he'll be soon a parent, I'm sure, but we're all uh, parents. We are, <laughs> he'll be a parent soon, I'm sure. I'm putting that on you. But um, nah, man, um, how, how do y'all feel like we can go about grounding ourselves and not, you know, getting to the point where we have no psychotic breaks, man, and, you know, maybe letting that epigenetics of all the stuff we've been through in life and our ancestors been through life come through on these kids. Like, how do we how are y'all going about it? Like, what do y'all think? And Jarrell, I, I thought that you first, bro, because you're in the mental health field. You see so many people that struggle mentally just with, like, daily tasks. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what do you think about that? You th what do I think? What, what was the question? Like, how, how do we go about grounding? How do we go about oh, these back? So we not, you know what I'm saying, acting out, maybe bringing ourselves to those psychotic, so psychotic breaks where they got to go to the hospital. Yeah. You know? So I always try to... Uh, Cause I mean, work life is life can be stressful. So I always, even like work stress from home stress, I try to in the middle of that, I go to the gym or I go for a walk or it's like I reset. So I try to reset in between my work stress or whatever you want to call it and then my home stress or whatever. So easier for like you to get some clients though that you got, the clients you got. What you doing with them? Oh, I thought you meant with that. Oh, uh, <laughs> with my clients. Um, Mostly with my clients, I try to with grounded techniques. I try most of I do breathing techniques. I do uh, five things you can sense. So you use your senses. So you try to what what do I see? What do I hear? What do I taste? What do I? So it kind of brings you back to where you are. Like Nate always said, bring you back to where your feet are. So because a lot of my clients might say, I have a client that one time told me he was Jay Z because we were listening to Jay-Z on the radio. And I was like, oh, you are? I said, so we're listening to your song right now? He was like, yeah, that's me. I said, oh, cool. So that song sold 5 million copies. Did you get a check for that? And it's almost like I, I had the reality test. It's almost like I had to test this reality until he was like, oh, dang, you're right. I'm not Jay-Z. Jay-Z's my favorite rap. You know, you just have to bring them back to where they are. Um, It's been so many situations where I had to use... <laughs> <laughs> they try to laugh. This is serious. I mean, schizophrenia, it makes you hallucinate. Um, you really don't know what you're gonna get from somebody with schizophrenia. You you just never know because some days they can be really good, and then some type of trauma they have and some type of stress they have in their life might make them feel that their reality is different than our reality. So, I mean, if you don't even know what schizophrenia is, it's a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly because you don't, you might hear something, you might see something that we don't see. So like you might see, I've been, 
we have a street called Lancaster in, in Fort Worth, DeMarcus, you know, but uh, you might see people yelling at the stop sign or punching the stop sign, but their reality is that they see something they need to punch. Our reality, that's a stop sign. So um, schizophrenia is just something that messes with your brain. It can, you know, it's, we don't even know what causes schizophrenia right now, but um, it's a combination of genetics, environment, and altered brain chemistry. So my job, we just try to make sure that they're medicated properly, um, make sure that we do counseling session with them. Like, like I was just talking about kind of reality tests, bring them back to, to life. I mean, bring them back to reality. Um, treat them like normal people because sometimes when people have schizophrenia, people make them, they make them isolate, which is worse. When they isolate, it gets worse. So we try to help them get jobs. And uh, I have one that has a job with schizophrenia and he's just, he just stocks the shelves at night, overnight. If he feels like he's hallucinating a little bit, he might put in his uh, AirPods and that kind of brings him back to reality because it, it stops the voices in his head. He's listening to music now. So it's just different ways you can go about um, grounding yourself when you have schizophrenia. So I know you can't. I don't know if you have the ability to. I don't know. I, I don't know if you can or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair question. And if you can't answer it, I'm not trying to make you answer it. Yeah. But where is that defining line to where you? as a professional or as your company or whatever guidelines y'all use to be able to label schizophrenia or is it, are they already labeled and they come to you because they are. With, with all the people that are okay. Cause I was like, like people might say, you know, God spoke to me in this way, but they, they really feel like they got spoken to in this way or they were tired and they were hallucinating and they thought that it was real or dream that they thought that it was real. Mm-hmm. They tried to play it out in real life. Like, is there a defining line and how do you create that defining line without knowing where it comes from mm-hmm. to label somebody with schizophrenia? Because that that could be a very great area for a lot of people that yeah. are watching, listening, and saying, do I have schizophrenia? And then it's, it's not really that. It's usually when you have a psychotic breakdown, when you end up in the hospital. So we get them from the hospital. Okay. So if you have voices and it's not affecting your life, if you can sleep at night, if you can go to work and work, even if you hear voices every day, but you handling your business, it's to the point where most, all of my clients, they went to the hospital. It was like, I could not sleep at night. I couldn't function. I couldn't think a whole sentence. Every time I'm thinking, I hear screaming in my, like hear something screaming in my head. Um, you know, so it's usually when it's a psychotic type breakdown thing, like we said, trauma, stress, but makes you go overboard. And it's like, okay, I need to go to the hospital. I need help. But a lot of people not even diagnosed um because like you said they think it's normal so with with that i'm gonna cut you out bro with with that i know they say um after they got the hospital right that's when they see the clinical psychologist yeah we have a psychologist that work with us yes yeah and then when they see a psychologist i think they go through the dsm-5 right DSM and and through that use of dsm-5 then they look at the criteria and once you check off certain criteria, then that's when they kind of come up with that diagnosis, I think, at that point. You know what yes. I'm saying? But I know, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, we were talking about, like, in a, in a way, like you said, don't isolate because we don't want to isolate those people. I feel like it cha- it changes your mindset when you look at yourself as those people. We are normal in, a, in our own way. We are we create a normal. You know what I'm saying? We all got these mental issues that we battle with 
But as we become more mature adults, more wise, more understanding, we gain empathy. I feel like we all got traits of uh, some of the things that we see people getting, you know, uh, medicated for. And I, I learned that, like, Drew, you probably learned that working with your clientele. When I was a mental health professional, bro, I felt so much more of an appreciation for just the 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 willpower some of these people had, bro. Like to be able to, like, you know, day to day just deal with just just crazy stuff, like. If you lose your mom, your dad, your son, your sister all in two years, like you might be exhibiting some of these qualities as well. So it's like you can't look at people like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, they hearing voices. So they punching at the sign. They crazy. Shoot. You lose them people that you love the most in your social circle, bro. You might be punching at a sign, too. And I think that, you know, the grounding part we're talking about, you having a playlist of things to go to helps. Because you may not have that one traumatic experience that like tips you overboard, but you may have a couple of things that happen in the morning that may have set off your day to whereas now at the end of your day, now you can't even kiss your baby. You're so damn mad at everything. So it's like, I think, I think it's important to have a playlist, like have like a list of things you go to or, you know, just having cues. Like I finally got on James Clear's uh, Atomic Habits because of Nate. I watched the overview of the uh, book. I didn't read it yet. But he was talking about how you need cues to, to start every habit. So you need a cue and that cue, I think it's tied to a desire or something like that. It's like a whole hit. He created his whole like list. But I think sometimes when it comes to bad situations, bad feelings, if you cue yourself up for something positive, like if you if you start drinking water when you get in a bad mood, maybe it'll set you up for a more positive outlook if you tie affirmations to drinking water. Stuff like that. Like we, we gotta do, you gotta just kind of trick your brain sometimes with just activities, like little activities that are tied to other things. Yeah. Because even, I mean, like depression, a lot of people won't leave the house. Like you just said, you can tie fresh air to life or something. Like, hey, breathe in some fresh air, it gives you life. It gives you positivity. It gives you positive affirmations or something. So it's just something you can tie into. And that's what we do. We try to bring in positive. Cause like you said, the isolation is sometimes the family is still alive and they just kicked them out and they living in a group home and nobody's coming to visit them. And it's like, dang, I have a family, but they don't even care about me because right. I have a mental illness. So it's that's, tough. man. And then look at how many of our family members is in prison behind bars. You know what I'm saying? Black men eight times more likely to make it in prison than every other race. So it's like looking at that, like, Hey, how many of our, Family members went to prison, isolated, created mental health illnesses while they were in prison. Then they had maybe they either came out or they was still interacting with us. And then we we end up getting secondhand trauma from some of the stuff that we, you know what I'm saying, have gone through with that experience. And that's a lot of people. Like it's like there's a lot of things that can set you off. So you gotta have like you gotta have practices, you gotta have routines, you gotta have some. Some or as you uh -huh. out here. Religion, religion's big because I know everybody don't believe in God, but God is what's pulling people out of the darkest places when you're looking at, you know, people that have a very strong religious base. So it's like, you got to have something. You got to have something. Yes, but, um... <laughs> what, so you ain't got <laughs> I really don't because I think what you're talking about from a clinical standpoint, and then people who are not clinically diagnosed or who don't even need to be clinically diagnosed are two mm -hmm. completely different things. Um, I can't tell you nothing on the clinical side of stuff. Um, yeah. That's that's what y'all are here for. 
for normal people is reality, bro. It's like come back to reality. And I think you should be able to have those conversations with yourself where if it's you're drawing from past experience, past negative traumas, whatever it is, is it happening right now? Or did it happen in the past? What do you want your future to be? Like, these are the thoughts that I would have. These are the thoughts that I kind of have for myself. But I just, I mean, you can't, I can't put that on everybody else. So like sometimes, sometimes y'all get me to be quiet. Because, I mean, really, because I don't want to be offensive to people who are really dealing with stuff. Because a lot of times, my answer on most things is think your way through it and use some kind of logic. I think some of these things can derail your logic. Um, mm-hmm. One of the main things, like when we were looking this up earlier and kind of talking about this before we got on, delusions, right? Hallucinations, mm-hmm. delusions, disorganized thinking, lack of motivation, a change in sleeping patterns, poor grooming or hygiene, and changes in body language. Some of the other stuff, excuse me, if you lose like your movement ability, you lose sleep patterns, things like that, well, I can't tell you nothing about that. Delusions. Think about it. Like, am I Jay-Z? Okay. Show me, you know, show me your driver's license. This says Sean Carter on there. Like, right. whatever it is. Like, I think delusions can be overcome. I think for some people, it's not necessarily the need for a full mental health diagnosis. It's I just take your head out your butt sometimes and think. But I don't mean to say that in a, a rude way. I mean to say that in a you have to be your own advocate, right? You you, you have to take care of you, right? You're, you're right. That's going right. In some instances, some people use, some people will go to the hospital and act crazy to get the diagnosis, to get a, check. a social security check. So yeah. you are right. You know, it might be whatever. Like, it's, yeah. if you got something that's really going on, right? People who really are having these issues. When I worked at Rock House back in the day, that's not something you can control, bro. Right. It's not. That's not something that anybody can, no matter what kind of grounding techniques we have, it might help, but we can't mm-hmm. control that for real. If you are okay. having a hard time in life, I think you can do some things to pull yourself out of it. And I think it starts with your mindset, with bringing yourself in the reality of saying just because one bad thing happened, that's not the outcome for the rest of life, whatever it is. So I'm I'm always more on the side of what are you going to do to get out of it until we get to the point that it is actually clinical. Mm-hmm. And, and when it's and, and when it gets to that point where it's real bad, you know, where it's clinical, then obviously you need professional help. As with as with anything that gets out of your control, sometimes mm-hmm. in every realm of life, we need professional help. You know what I'm saying? If you can't do your taxes, you get a tax repair. You can't mm-hmm. do anything, you know, say can't build your house up, you go get construction workers. Like it's like I think you always have professionals that really do this, like so you can get that help. But there's always something, something you can do. And that's why when we were talking about this, with when I was talking about with Jarrell, like the, the practical part of counseling and helping, there's always a non-medical solution. There's always something we can do to help you because you have to take control to some degree. Now, you may not have control of most of the situation, almost all of it. But at least if you can if you can do that one thing that just creates that peace for you or it lets you know you are a real person. You know what I'm saying? Go to the fair. Go to the fair, hang out, be with family. 
that brings your control back, even if not for a moment. What was the movie? Uh, Inception, where they had to like, like spin the little top or something. Yep. It's like, yep. if we keep spinning, this is a dream. If not, this is reality. Like, yeah, I think that things like that are real for people. Like, have something that you can go back to and let yourself know what happened, happened. But this is right now. Live in the now. Don't live in the past. Don't live too far in the future. You have to be grounded right now. So. Bro, I just noticed I had a skeleton behind me. Shout out to Corey. It's my brother. Oh, I see that. Oh. You ready for Halloween? You looked at that door like someone was finna get you. Uh, nah, yo, I'm, I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at the skeleton. Yeah, I'm looking at the skeleton. Well, I, I, guess, sorry, yeah. I, I was about to ask you some questions. Answer <laughs> <laughs> questions. Hey, no questions. They, I know nothing. They, they tell them to spin the top. <laughs> Pinch yourself. Uh-huh. Something. Smacking myself. Well, I mean, you know, maybe somebody else needs to pinch himself. Colin Kaepernick, man. Let's talk oh. about Speaking of delusion. The, the oh. delusion. Delusion. Wow. Delusions. Uh, you want to let everybody know. Let, let everybody know, Nate. You know a little more than I do. Let everybody know what's going on with Mr. Colin Kaepernick and why we think he may be the dummy of the week. He's making a joke out of himself, dog. Like at one point, I would have said, "I respect you trying to go and and do something to to make a change and all of that." Cool. You get to the point that you call the NFL. A slave ship, and it's compared to a slave auction and all of this. That would make me think I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a slave. I've never really seen a free man say, oh, you know what, Master? I sure do miss that field. I miss the field, boss. So what are you doing, bro? I, I feel this way about it because at this point, what is the message that you're sending out here? What's your message? I was so against this. I want change. I want this and that. I got broke off, but I'm still just using my name to keep going back out there and doing the same thing. I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of hearing about this dumb quarterback. He wasn't even good. It was 2017. The last time you played. That's a stretch. Give it a rest. Please, Kaepernick. Please. That's my one dummy of the week. My other dummy of the week. What's this man name? Let me look this man name back up. Jamal Bowman. What is he? A senator or whatever he is? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What do you do? This man go on camera. Pull the fire alarm before they go and vote about shutting down the government or whatever it was, right? That's what you do? How dumb are we? How dumb are we that these are the people who represent us? Bro, they they childish though. They be they be doing childish stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you watch that? Hey, you be no for real, bro. You be seeing the debates like you ever be seeing like you seen the Republican debate, man. They had uh they had them up there, man, running against each other debating. They just be like they making jokes about Trump, but he ain't even there. Right, like, 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 also, like, all right, children now, now, like, type, you know what I'm saying? He'd be like, bro, y'all, y'all grown. Bro, like, I don't ever try to make nothing political on here. But at some point, I want y'all to just, just stop and think about who represents you. These are the people that at some point, and I'm, I am going to tell you the truth. 
it wasn't me who voted for him. So <laughs> you voted this man in to represent you. And this is what he does. To me, it's like, come on, you got to be smarter than that. If you want to delay or whatever, it's got to be better ways. But, bro, you on camera. You in a government building, one of the most official government buildings. You think it ain't cameras everywhere? You can't tell me you ain't stupid. That's flat out dumb. Valid. That's valid. I cannot argue with any of those points. I just so, want people to do better. So with that being said, why why y'all keep doing these things we don't know? But what we do know is every time you do them, we will highlight them here on the Be Like Podcast. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what we do now. Um, with that, in closing, how are we going to be able to help ourselves and our fan base um, unlock their lights? Because we know it's hard out here, man. It's negative in this world. It's, it's a lot of dead energy, a lot of low frequencies. I had a student the other day ask me, Mr. Sloan, you just like you just like all this positivity. Why are you always in such a good mood? Like, why you why you always got to? This is annoying sometimes. I said, you know, to me, the way I feel like we really unlock our lights is if we live a life of life. And I feel like we have to really find a way to stop seeing the, the negative sides of things and think that that's going to end up feeding us and getting us where we want to go. Like, bro, you can you can be as negative as you want to be. I'm a I'm a realist. That's why I can I can rock with what Nate talks about. I'm a realist. I can really see the world for what it is. But at the end of the day, the only thing I can control is me. So I I prohibit myself to be the best self I can be when I can't appreciate sunlight. You know what I'm saying? I can't appreciate water. I can't appreciate breath. I don't appreciate phone calls from people I care about. So I just I would say that appreciation is a lost art. It's a simple thing, but it's it's crazy how far away we've gotten from appreciation, which is why I think we got so many of these soft kids in sports nowadays. And I'm watching. I'm like, they don't appreciate even playing this game like they once did. It's just they're just playing it to be playing it. Maybe daddy got them playing. Mommy got them playing. They try to make them proud, but they don't like the game like that. Let them go be in robotics club. Let them go be cheerleaders. Let them go be whatever else they want to do. Stop forcing these people to do stuff that you you are in charge of, and now they they're embarrassing what this was originally created for. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like embarrassing all of us. You know what I'm saying? We look at it like what am I looking at? But they don't appreciate it. the appreciation is gone. So appreciate more. Appreciation is a big word, man. Have y'all ever seen that video of the dude? I don't even know if it's a real video or not, but dudes say, "I'm, I'm gangster in the mud," but. But it's a rainbow, cuz. That's beautiful. I can stop and appreciate the rainbow, cuz. <laughs> Gotta appreciate. Stop the rotation, bro. I like that. That's <laughs> real. Yeah. What's y'all thoughts on that? What's y'all, how we gonna lock the light? How we locking the light? Try. Will for Rise in MetLife Stadium. Huh? That's the notification I just got. Taylor Swift arrives at MetLife Stadium. Well, let's appreciate that. She's here. Let's She's here, folks. Got to gotta bring that other fan base in. It's money Man. after it. Man. Got to bring the fan base in. Man. Unlock it's... your light by trying, though, man. That's really all it is. Like, your light might not be the brightest light in the world, but it's on and it can help. Any kind of light go illuminate in the dark, right? So try. Yeah, I rock with it. Um, and uh, as much as you can respect others, be nice to other people because you don't know what they're going through. And and it can also help you. I, Demarcus knows about this place, but I rent 
cars from my place. I was just nice to the person that was at the desk every day. In about two months, he was like, hey, I'm the, the owner's grandson. And now he basically gives me my rental cars for like $10, $20 a day sometimes because I didn't know who he was at the time. But I was just cool. I mean, I'm walking in. I had a cowboy shirt on. We talk. We chop it up. I rent cars from there all the time. But you never know who you're talking to. So, hey, be, respect others. Be nice to, be nice to everybody as much as you can because I know some rude people out there. You just, just push them away. But, you know, people try to be nice. Try to respect others. So, That's a salt. Well, push them, push well, them out of your life. Push you, them out of your life. You all of a, but anybody listening, I can second what Jarrell's saying and say it's fact because he good everywhere. So he is good literally <laughs> everywhere. There's nowhere Jarrell's not good. So y'all definitely should listen to what he's saying. That's I can. I've seen it go to work. I've seen it at work. But um, that's the best way you can move through life, man. Yeah, for real. Treat the janitor with the same respect as the CEO, whatever the saying be saying. Right? Yeah. People are people, man. Your title don't mean that's the kind of respect that you deserve. You a person, you deserve respect. And when it comes to morals, man, you can't take your title to the kingdom. You know what I'm Unless saying? Unless you are continuously demonstrated dummy. In that case, <laughs> I might have them a little different. I have them a little different. We need to have a dummy university. Dummy camp. Dummy the only world. What dummy camp is for me. <laughs> Demarcus, how we unlocking the light, bro? Uh, I think y'all yeah, put it together. I don't think we realize what we're doing, but every light illuminates a bit of darkness. Darkness can cover the world. So if you are uh, illuminating your light, you bring a light to the world. We get back to bringing light to this world. It may sound cliche as all outdoors, but we will make this world a better place. Keep turning your light off. Uh, if y'all listen to the whole thing, if not, go back and listen to it. Isolation is a form of turning your light off. So, yes, you need your quiet time, your time with yourself, your time with your God, meditation, all that. But if you turn your light off, uh, all, the, all it is is not only hurting you, it's hurting the environment that you can light up. Mm. That's facts. So we we trying to light y'all's environments um, with real light. Make sure you guys subscribe to light. Make sure you guys reach out to us. Make sure you guys do all the things in your life that you need to do because we can't do it. Chomp, chomp. Chomp, chomp, chomp. It's OU week. Go on. Red River shootout. I got y'all by 50 because OU seemed like they don't really got defense. I don't think they play defense, so. Okay. That's just what I see. What I see. Florida doesn't either, but at least we look nice. Y'all, y'all, y'all be fast too. So y'all, at least y'all fast and not playing defense. Like you, you're running side by side with the guy catching the touchdown. <laughs> they step the step together. Touchdown. Go Bucks. Go Marvin Harrison Jr. Go Marvin Harrison Jr. Bye week. So I ain't even talking this week. And Dion lost this week too. Dion lost. He's supposed to. He's supposed to. That was a good win. He lost by touchdown. Yeah, that was a good hey, loss. Like you said, get me now because this is bad as we gonna be. I believe in what part I'm doing, man. Yeah, me too. All right, brothers. All right, man.